and they'd start to get that momentum, but they have that limiting belief in the back of their mind that they don't deserve to make a hundred thousand. They don't deserve to outproduce their husband, whatever that might be, whatever story or money's bad. That unknowing self-sabotage is probably the biggest thing that I see across the board. I'll have what she's having. Welcome to another edition of Digital Confidence Podcast. Real Housewives of Orange County came out. Everybody's or the OC or whatever that was. All the punk kids around there doing their own clothing lines and all that. I'm like, no. That's not how it works. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, hey, everybody, welcome back to the show. I am Tony Dufresne. I'm your host. I am girl dad turned therapist turned women's empowerment and confidence coach. This is the She Talks Confidence Podcast. And this week, another amazingly powerful and interesting guest. It's Ashley Delp. Ashley, how are you? I am so spectacular. How about you, Tony? I'm doing great. I'm so glad you're on. And I have to say, and Ashley's up in Billings, Montana. She's a realtor. She has her own group. It's the Ashley Delp team. And uh, I just have to ask for all of my single girlfriends here, they all want a Yellowstone man. So is that a possibility? Is that Are they all just walking the streets? Is that what's People going on? They're definitely just everywhere. Okay, we have good. Rip. Rip's just wandering around. We get I get a lot of calls from women and they yeah. want ripper or a yellow a guy just like on yellowstone they, and i laugh and while i love my man he's not ripped <laughs> and very manly but you legit get phone calls about that on a regular basis unbelievable and you're one of a number oh, of realtors yeah. up <laughs> yep yep so i would imagine that almost every agent especially if it's a female agent yeah, sure has had somebody at some point in time tell them that yeah, okay for the record, that could be a really interesting show, but we're not going to do that today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it could we're going to because I want to hear about your story, having your own business and creating that and going through that process, and then you have a little mantra that you shared with me initially, which got me to say, "Yeah, we definitely have to talk about this on this show, even more so than Yellowstone." Can you go <laughs> through your story? about in terms of your confidence and how you built it up and how you created your business and then how you got to listening to your intuition and trusting yourself. Right. I was really blessed to grow up a in Montana because I do, I love it up here, mm-hmm. but I was blessed to grow up here on a ranch. And so as far as having to be self-sufficient, being able to trust your intuition and how to get yourself out of a situation, when you're miles as a kid, back on the ranch. And when there was one time (laughs) I wrecked my four-wheeler and it took me Mm -hmm. most of the afternoon to walk from that location back to the house. And I get back to the house and it was during the summer. So it was fine. Mm -hmm. And my folks had went into town and they left me cold fish sticks. Nobody was worried. Cold fish sticks. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You just, you figure out how to get out of situations, which really has helped me in, in becoming a business owner. Because you may not know that the answer is you just, you trust your gut that you're going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And even if it's not the right answer, <laughs> it might take you a couple of times, you're still going to figure it out. And so that was something I was very blessed with because I got to grow up being very self-sufficient on the ranch and then just translated that into, I was a teacher for a while. I was a sex ed and dodgeball teacher. That was spectacular. So you weren't teaching sex ed and playing dodgeball. I'm just trying to get clear. I could have made a lesson. I'm sure I could have. <laughs> <laughs> Once I left teaching to start my own business. A lot of people had a lot of doubts about that because I I was a teacher. I had a salary. Mm -hmm. I had, and not good money, 
by any means, teachers do not get paid well. Sadly. It was, yeah, yeah it, it's really unfortunate. Yeah. There was a salary, there was benefits, there was retirement. There was all of the things that our parents wanted for. Aha, them. good point. And that's, is that the reason why you went into it initially? I love coaching. So for me, okay. it made sense because I love to coach. Why not be the PE teacher? Because you literally get to play games every day. So it was right. so, so great. Yeah, mm-hmm. love that. I love my kids. I just, I went to get a loan for a house at one point in time and the lender, and I don't falter for it, but she told me I need to get married. Really? Well, like flat out married. said you need to get married because of the income, the dual income, type income. Of thing. Yep, yep. And she was much nicer about it. But, but, again, but in so few words, that's what she said. Yep. And I was like, no. And so I loved sales and I just was good at it naturally and fell into the real estate thing. Is that why you got into it? Is because of the, it, it ultimately because of the money thing and the house thing? Was that your leverage to get into something like that? At first, it was going to be a side hustle because okay. I, my mom at the time, because she was a principal and she just told me, she's like, hey, I know a lot of teachers who have their real estate license and they teach during the school year and they sell real estate in the summer. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can do that. Thank God I only listened to part of her advice and I just went with real estate. Mm-hmm. Now knowing what I know, you shouldn't have two feet in, in two different boats. You never really succeed. So I went all into real estate and it was one of those, I guess, God moments where it was so easy. I was very good at it. I actually got fired from being an assistant because they told me I was not real estate material, but that was because I was an assistant doing admin work. Oh, okay. I should, I am right. a dumpster fire of an admin. <laughs> Nobody should ever ask me to do paperwork. Can right. I? Yes, but not. Yeah. So I learned and it was a great eight months to a year where I really got to do a lot of transactions, got fired. And thank God to a, an older agent had said, Ashley, I swear that you're going to be good at this. Stick with it. And so I did. What gave you the initial confidence in going into that, that you're like, okay, I could do this, even though there was no guarantees. Oh, I was so arrogant. So I just blindly go into stuff. I'll jump out of the plane. I'll pack the parachute on the way down. Mm-hmm. And I was just too stupid to know any better that I could fail. Actually, sometimes that's a good thing. I, I am. I, yes, it was one of my yeah. blessings is that I'm too right. stupid to know when, <laughs> when I'm wrong. So yeah, that's that was the only reason. If I'd have listened to 84% of agents fail in the first two years, yeah. if I'd have known those stats, yeah. I wouldn't have made it. I'd have just- so, Do you think that would have gotten your head? No, probably not. I wouldn't have wanted to. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know. You maybe for a lot of people. Yeah. So with that being said, and you had that confidence, you got into the real estate thing, but it's a big jump between just being an agent and then becoming a broker and then becoming a broker with people, a right. team. What were the steps and, and were there any concerns that you had in doing that? Or was it a natural flow for you? It was pretty natural. I, at the time it was part of KW and, and I, again, being a coach and a teacher, I love that aspect of owning a business. I love the humans. While I enjoy selling homes and negotiating and doing all of that, I like watching the other agents come in and work through a problem or figure it out. So for me, that was a pretty natural transition. I believe not one person can be all things to all people. Mm -hmm. So first was an admin because I just, I was at the time, I was doing a pretty high volume. I was the highest producer in the office. Mm. And so I needed that admin right away. And then I needed a buyer's agent. So it was a pretty organic, although being at the brokerage I was at, being a Keller Williams agent at the time, they were very pro team. That was what they Mm. liked to see. So it was an easy, 
I was very supported in that. So then going forward, you get your own gig, you're, you get your broker's license, you get a team underneath you. Can you go through what it, women will come to you as agents and maybe new agents? What do you see in terms of confidence in women in your business? It's tough. I tell people when they're in, in my space, you're going to grow or you're not going to like being here and you will not be here. So that's just right off the bat, a really big piece of us. There's a lot more women in real estate than there are men. But the thing I would see is these women who we'd work on confidence and we do all the things. If they didn't have a good support system back home, if mm -hmm. that spouse, and it didn't matter man or woman, but if they were not completely cheering them on every night, because when you're first getting into real estate, it is like getting kicked in the teeth every oh, day. It's rough. It, it is. Yep. It is. Yeah. And if you're with me, you're making X number of calls a day. You're door knocking. You're mm -hmm. writing handwritten cards. You're doing all of the things, but you don't see the seeds. There's nothing. It takes time for yeah, those delayed gratification for sure. Yep. Yeah. And so the biggest thing I've seen with them is they'll self-sabotage and in real estate, it's right at about five and a half months. Pretty hmm. consistently, hmm. we would tell them, you, you got to get past six months. If you can get past six months, if, if you're doing all the activities, now, if you're not doing them, it's going to take longer. Sure. But right at six months, or they would just start and they'd start to get that momentum, but they have that limiting belief in the back of their mind that they don't deserve to make 100000 They don't deserve to outproduce their husband, whatever that might be, whatever story or money's bad. And I yeah. would have this conversation, this coaching conversation over and over. And then they would either fizzle out for one reason or another. They would create this story around it's mm -hmm. taking away from their family. Mm -hmm. That unknowing self-sabotage is probably the biggest thing that I see across the board. And then they would, they might go mm -hmm. to a different brokerage because they're promising a bigger split. There's no support there. Yeah. There's no right. accountability. So if you don't show up for a month, they don't care. It's like, a gym even, yeah. So it's even worse than yeah. with you. At least there's some support. It's almost like a tough love thing. Isn't that yeah. fascinating? That's that underlying systemic, almost programming that goes mm -hmm. on in terms of either I don't deserve it or yep. I don't have the ability to do it. And then if you don't have a tribe and if you don't have a supportive spouse or at least one BFF that's yeah. there going, Hey, you got this. And it, yeah. it, it, it's, it's tough. That's a tough road. Do, what do you see? as an effective way to get through to somebody that's at that five and a half month period. And she's, I don't know. And she's got this other stuff and she's actually telling you that she has these, this movie running in her mind that she's not good enough. And all of those things that we just talked about. One of the big things that we have started doing, and this was in the past year and a half is everybody in my office. I don't know if you know about, do you know what 75 hard is? No, I don't No. Okay. So it's, it was invented by Andy Frisella. It's a 75 day program where basically it's all about honoring your word. If you, now he tells you what you're going to do. <laughs> and I have done other programs that like help get me to the point of doing 75 hard where you just have to pick one thing. And so like I would do this group called waking up weekend and we would get together and for three months or so, I would have to pick one task that every single day I had to get it done whether that was meditation for 10 minutes, it might be a workout, it, whatever that person felt like it would make them better. But then I found 75 hard. So I started doing that, which is two workouts a day, drink a gallon of water every day, read 10 pages a day, whatever diet you so choose and no alcohol. 
for 75 days. And if you mess that up, you start all the way back over. Oh, oh and wow. a progress picture. That was the other thing. I can't tell you. The progress picture got me one time. So it did. Yeah, how's, how's... Forget to take the picture and you got to start oh. all the way over. Oh, once you man. wake up. The next day. Yep. Oh, what a so, bummer. That for me, training myself, because we all say, I'm going to start that diet tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow. Oh, I didn't make my calls to my clients. I'm going to do that tomorrow. Tomorrow turns into a month and turns into six months and then you don't have any business. Mm -hmm. So that for me, learning to honor my word, like, and and the stress that you put yourself under by not doing the things that you tell yourself, you may never say it out loud, but you told yourself you're going to start this. You told yourself you weren't going to eat that cookie. And, And by constantly not honoring that word, not honoring your word to yourself, you erode your trust. And then if you don't trust yourself, why would anybody else? And then you create this whole dialogue in yourself about, am I worth it? Am I in this imposter syndrome? Who do I think I am? Yep. And then there's this whole big story versus I did today, I was supposed to do, and it's done. And then you sleep well. And, and that comes down to the mantra that you told me, you wrote to me in the initial email, which is building confidence through honoring our word to ourselves. That's so insanely powerful. And as simple as it sounds, it can be very difficult, especially when you have those underlying, almost subconscious programming and that dialogue, that those limiting beliefs keep rolling through your mind that you can't do it or you haven't done it before and you don't have the evidence to do it or you don't, or you start the hard work and you don't have the support for that. How hard is it to get other people to buy into this? I did it, which then led to the people, everybody on my team has done it. Mm-hmm. And we do have a small team. My sister has done it. My husband is now doing it. I will tell you the difference in his health is a stunt. If you have widespread, really? and this isn't what we were talking about, right, but he no, had right. widespread body pain. He's six, seven. We've had back surgeries. We've been to Mayo Clinic. He's just in constant pain. And he's a big Montana boy. He does stupid stuff. When he is on this program, his pain goes from probably a consistent eight, nine to probably a two. What do you do now to keep yourself in maintenance? Because that's really the important thing. Once we all get to the point where we are on a plateau where we feel good and we're consistent and we're honoring our word to ourselves, which you do have to check every day, right? I would assume. Every day. Right. What keeps you in maintenance mode to where you can continue to have the awareness that maybe if you happen to be slipping, you can catch yourself? It is incredibly hard when you're not on program to maintain it. It's not something that anybody would tell you, this is how I'm going to live for the rest of my life. You have to learn how to to live in both worlds. It's like going to therapy and then not going to therapy. It's like when people come into therapy with me in the, the, the room, it's a nice little comfortable room and the couch is nice and there's a big box of Kleenex for them. Yep. And then everything's fine. Then they leave the room and go back to their dumpster fire life Yep. because everybody else is the same and yep. they live in the same place. Mm-hmm. Then they're like, that. but the whole point is, is to take what you've learned and then implement that and try to create some subtle changes in your life, Yep. which is really the essence of that. So how hard is that to do? You have to be very present. Yeah. It is not physically taxing because I can go on less sleep when I'm on program. I need less sleep because the quality of sleep is better. My health is better. My diet, like all the things, but it's, you have to be very on point with the scheduling of your day. And we have a lot of people I know that say, I could never do that. I am so busy. Oh, and right. Yeah. 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 And so are the rest of us. My sister is because her husband goes on tour she based, she plays single mom for 
about six months a year total. She's on it right now. Going back to school has three kids, one that's in high school, two babies, and she's doing it. And there's time she'll send me a, a text and it's 11 at night. And she's out getting her outdoor workout in. It wasn't uncommon. I would have to get up at two in the morning sometimes to get my, because I knew what was coming. So I'd be either up finishing my day at two sometimes, or I'd yeah. have to get up at two, three in the morning to get yeah. that first workout in so I can get my entire day in. And you know what? I killed it. Again, that's the point. There's a cost to everything. You yes. cannot make improvements unless there's a cost and there's a little bit of pain because you're trying to get out of your little bubble and expand it. In any expansion, it's like when you're a kid and you have growing pains, it just hurts. So there's a lot of people, and I'm sure you'll agree that there's a lot of people that'll go, yeah, that's not for me, or I can't do that, or it's too much of a commitment. Is there any way that if they say, I'm, that program's not for me, do you give them any other suggestions in terms of trying to do something? For me, I'm very, you either did something or you didn't. Now, here's the thing. If you can drink a gallon of water a day, yes, do that. If you can get two workouts again and do that, read 10 pages. But typically we only gravitate towards the things that are comfortable. Yeah. So I have a hard time because I'll have a lot of people, they'll tell me I did 75 soft. <laughs> so they basically, they do the things that they enjoy at a 75 hard. Sure. Sure. And then they go, I, I can't, I'm a slow reader. Yeah. I am a terrible reader. I, I, it takes me forever, but I do it. And so if I was allowed to pick and choose, it's about doing the things that I really don't want to do. So can you take any of them? Yes, you can. But will you get anywhere near the benefit as you will just doing things that you don't want to do? It's just do. If you take the hard road, you will always have a better life than the easy one. Always take the hard road. Are you, what do you see as results from the 75 soft people? They live in the same world that they don't like right now. Are they almost conform the 75 thing to their world instead of the opposite? Right? Yeah. And then they tell me why it didn't work. Of course. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, the rationalizations are vast and wide, aren't they? Yep. yep. Right? And it's, the thing I see is like, however you show up doing that program. And again, it doesn't have to be 75 hard. It's just the one that truly has worked for me and a lot of other people. However you show up in that. So the thing that things that get me, like when I stumble and I have to start over, it's because in my everyday life, my attention to detail is lacking. Mm -hmm. So as I was doing a live hard year, I'd got through 75. I was on phase one. I realized that I had miscalculated the ounces on my water bottle. I was doing 118 ounces of water a day and not 128 ounces. What a travesty. How, well, how, could, you, how could you live with yourself? I know, but that meant I had to start all the way over. Do you know how many people told me? I would have never told anybody and I would have right. kept going. You, not only did you catch yourself, you actually held yourself accountable. Yep. Did you think you would have held yourself accountable if you hadn't gone through that program and created these rituals and habits in this mindset? Probably not because our society says, as long as nobody knows, it's okay. Yeah. Just keep I, I, going, do it for show, post the post. And there was no way I could have kept going at that point and felt good about it. Right. You just, and I think that just goes, I don't feel good at the end of my work day. If I didn't get my calls into my clients, mm-hmm. I just, are there days like that? Yeah, there are. But do I feel good? Do I sleep well? Do I have a little bit of anxiety in the back of my mind? Yeah, I sure do. Mm-hmm. But even if I make, a thousand calls in a day, which is not a normal thing by any means, but let's say I did and not one person answered, I will still sleep good 
because I know I did the activity and God in the universe will bring me everything I need, even if it didn't happen in that exact moment. Trust the process and yep. uh, validate yourself through the journey, not the result. Yep. 100%. Yeah, I totally agree. And build confidence through honoring our word to ourselves, which is exactly the water thing. I love that. Ashley, thank you so much. So in terms of getting information on that, or if somebody wants to chat or they want to get a hold of you because they want to find their Yellowstone man, how can they contact you? They can get a hold of me on Facebook, which is just Ashley Delp. They can get a hold of me on Instagram, which we have the Ashley Delp team, or our website is Yellowstone Homes for sale.com and as in the number four yeah the number four. okay okay yellowstone okay. homes for sale and just get a hold of me and i can help direct you in any way shape or form if you want to talk about the 75 hard program there's a lot of really good resources i would honestly just go to the andy Frisella website that's going to give you all there's a lot of misinformation i would go straight to him but yeah let me know and we would love to be a resource for any yellowstone man or anything <laughs> that you guys need I got to ask you, did you change the the website thing to, to Yellowstone 100%. after that? I knew it. Yep. I knew yeah, it. I, I, and again, I, pre- I appreciate your you owning it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Technically, we are Yellowstone County. I know. I know it yeah. was a marketing thing, 100%. Yeah, I get, hey, it's okay. It's all right. It's real estate. I, I get it. I know how it is. I've been in for a long time. So thanks, Ashley. I really appreciate that. And I will have all that information in the show notes anyway. And if you have any uh, comments or questions for me, it's TonyDufresne.com. And if you can't spell it, because nobody can spell it, then you can go to theconfidencedoc.com. I also have the new ebook that's out, Transform Your Life, True Confidence for Women. It's uh, cheaper than a venti pumpkin spice latte and a cake pop. So talk about your program. You cut all that stuff out and you can do your reading. Yeah. So it's a total win. It is. That would be perfect. See, we need your book. Yeah, totally. For seven bucks. It's a $7 investment in your life. Why not? And that is cheaper than a coffee anymore. (laughs) I know. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. I priced it out. That's actually a true comment in terms of the pumpkin spice latte thing. So I hope everything's good and uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you, Tony. 